Welcome to the Thomas Industry Update Podcast, actionable information for industry leaders. Hi, I'm Kathy Ma. I'm Sean Fitzgerald. And I'm Tony Uphoff. Welcome to the Thomas Industry Update Podcast. I'm Sean Fitzgerald. Today we have not one, but two amazing guests that can help keep you staffed with the people you need while also maintaining the safety protocols you need in your facilities. First, we welcome Michelle Tinsley, co-founder and COO of Yellowburn, an on-demand marketplace where businesses can find risk management and environmental health and safety professionals right now. We're also pleased to welcome Rachel Eigen, owner of Amplify Safety Consulting. She works with companies to create unique and innovative systems using evidence-based solutions that take safety to the next level. Welcome to the show, Michelle and Rachel. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Great to be surrounded by nerds like us. <laughs> I know that's what we're here today. So we got a, a couple of engineers and someone spent a, lo a lot of time at Intel and started her own business here too. So excited to get started today. So Michelle, first question for you to help uh, get us kicked off here. So across the industrial sector and beyond, people are having an extremely difficult time staffing their businesses, not only with people, but with people with the right skills. And obviously there's a huge risk associated with finding those right folks and bringing them in. Um, how does Yellowbird really begin to tackle that challenge and how are you helping the industry right now? Sure, so what we um, did is we started with the premise that there are some really amazing environmental health and safety as well as loss prevention risk um, employees out there or people out there and they're not the great at, greatest at marketing themselves. And so um, one of the things we tested before we went live with our platform is, would there be value in creating a platform where we could be a marketplace to match these folks, do all the digital marketing, reach out to companies, kind of manage the leads, manage the funnel, and then match them on demand as needed based on the particular skill set. And based on our interviews and research in 2019, the answer was yes. Well, then as we hit COVID, it kind of turned up the volume on this situation because what, it, what a lot of companies realized is they had amazing people on staff that were generalists, but what they needed with COVID was somebody who's an expert in industrial hygiene or virology and their generalists were not that. And so they were instantly like starting to phone their, you know, network, you know, the typical kind of thing we compete against is, oh, I know a person, you know, I know a person that could come in on a demand and do this. Well, those people don't have a lot of capacity because they're usually single proprietor businesses. And so having something like a Yellowbird where we can today tap into over 600 professionals that are ready, you know, at the drop of a hat across the nation and go for exactly the unique experiences, specialty and background that you need. Like we have three people that are just skilled in radiation safety. Um, so, yeah, it's just, it really gets very nuanced. And that's what I love about this. Yellowbird is a two-sided marketplace. And I think you've talked a lot right now around, you know, the benefits to the uh, company side of things, being able to find those folks right away. The fact that you uh, uh, validate all the skill sets and the experience that folks that, that are on the platform claim to have. Um, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about, you know, the value that's coming uh, for uh, the the uh, the folks doing the work, the staffing side of the business. Um, what's in it for those people to come sign up on the platform and how does it work for them? 
Yeah, so for professionals, we basically um, bring, we cast a wide net. We love to get people through referrals and that's where we've gotten quite a few of our professionals. Um, and as they sign up, we nurture them through our process. We do an interview, we understand their background, their skill sets. I love hearing the story of how and why they got into this business. A lot of times what we uncover is these people are amazingly giving, empathetic people and just are amazing. You know, it's usually they started in one field and then they learned about safety through the work environment and got into it that way. Um, but what we do is we then, you know, again, have their profiles set up to expose as many of their skills or competencies as we can so that when we go to match them, they will show up on those searches. Um, what we do not charge them any kind of onboarding fee or membership fee or, you know, $100 a year to be part of our platform. We figure we need them to be on the platform so we can say yes to gigs that come through. Um, conversely, we do cover them with two different kinds of insurance policies because we want to make sure, again, we're doing this on the right way. We cover them with an occupational accident coverage policy, which is analogous to a workman's comp, but for independent contractors. And the second thing we do is we cover them with professional liability insurance. So this makes sure that as they do work with Yellowbird, their personal assets and net worth are not being put at risk. Um, so again, for a lot of folks, we either see they want to be lightly retired, but they don't know, again, or want to maybe go through the cost of starting a business, a website, getting a boilerplate contract, trying to troll for those first customers. We kind of do all that for them. Uh, we do all the invoicing. We pay them within 24 to 48 hours of job completion, whereas, again, single consultant going to big company, a lot of times they don't get paid for 30 days or more. And so nobody likes to play collections. We at Yellowbird get to play that role um, with the bigger customers, but we essentially, you know, take all that administrivia and boring stuff out of the way and let them go do the work they love, which is more and more gigs and do more and more safety work. That is a massive help for folks that are coming in to, to do this, this type of gig work here. The fact that you're going to handle all of the legwork, all of the billing, and then, hey, they just get to do all the, the cool work and get paid for it right away. Um, we're lucky enough to have uh, one of the folks that's on your platform joining us today and Rachel Eigen. Hello, Rachel. Hey, Sean. How are you? How did you come across Yellowbird and how, how did you get introduced? So Yellowbird, um, it was through LinkedIn, actually. Um, one of my colleagues on LinkedIn uh, said she was a consultant with Yellowbird. And I was like, hmm, what is that? And so I went to their LinkedIn profile and then that brought me to um, their website. And I just thought, what a brilliant idea. I wish I had thought of this myself, but this is brilliant, um, especially for those of us um, who, I mean, like she said, are not great at marketing ourselves. We are really nerds in our in our field, um, and, and our field is not marketing. Um, but the other side, I think, to it is that, um, you know, Yellowbird is nationwide now, and they have more companies than we probably ever could possibly reach ourselves across the nation and potential globe in the future. So um, that's also um, what really drew me. Uh, the orientation, the process in Yellowbird, all of it was so very professional, um, and it's so well laid out, and it really is about caring for both the company and the professional and, and um, that relationship. And so when I uh, first went through orientation, I was immediately sold. That's great. What are the typical uh, jobs that you've been working and the length of, of those engagements? Just to give all of our listeners kind of a flavor for what's out there. So um, 
I mean, I've been in both um, manufacturing, construction, food and beverage. Um, all of those have been really um, kind of my specialties in my career. Um, so uh, a lot of warehousing, fleet safety is what I've been doing recently um, with one of the companies building uh, some of their programs, defensive driving, doing the trainings. Um, and the programs, I mean, they're the pr uh, projects can be anywhere from, you know, a day of training to a month-long process, you know, um, system building to um, year, a year of just getting a company really under compliance. There's really no one-size-fits-all. So what are you seeing as far as the future for safety from both the, the company side and from um, the folks really in charge of safety and having to make sure that everything evolves with all the different systems and maybe technology that we begin to see in these different locations? Um, do you have any thoughts as far as what you think will begin to happen um, for what the, the companies will need to think out? But then also, Rachel, from your side of the fence, um, what folks are going to need to be able to deliver for those companies going forward? So I think from a company's perspective, um, step one is sadly a lot of these functions have not been invested in in quite a while, and they're now finally getting that attention thanks to COVID. It's the kind of the silver lining. Um, so they're starting to look at things like, do we digitize our policies and procedures? You know, we've if you know somebody comes into audit us today and it may have been on a SharePoint, do we know where to find the appropriate policies and procedures? Or maybe we should go with a more robust system. There's quite a few great software packages out there that organize and keep all your policies and procedures and, and track the trainings and certifications for employees in a central location. Um, so I think that'll be, to me, the first step that these companies would take. But in manufacturing, it's then getting into things like as they go to the Internet of Things and smart manufacturing, are there sensors, both on the equipment, but also the employee, that would allow them to real-time monitor, are these safety practices being upheld? You know, uh, we, we see partners in the ecosystem where they can put a, you know, in-situ device on a forklift and track, is that forklift being driven appropriately? Or are they extending, you know, too high with too much weight and creating a tip hazard? Maybe, God forbid, it luckily didn't tip, but you need to know these things and be able to go back to that exact worker and say, hey, we noticed that you had a near miss, you know, yesterday, and we want to retrain you on how to drive more safely so that it doesn't turn into a big issue. So I, I look at that and go, you know, being from Intel with my career past, um, I think there's tons of technology that could be deployed in this space, but I think the companies are really looking for where's the ROI in that. Um, because they're going to have tight budgets and they want to kind of prioritize the things that will have the biggest impact. Cool. And for you, Rachel, um, as far as what uh, you think uh, the staffing will have to change and how the employees or consultants will have to change in a go forward uh, workplace that way. Well, I mean, I, I think we're always going to have what I call as the foundation of safety. I kind of look at safety as like this house and it's the foundation of safety is going to be at all times your compliance program. That's going to be your rebar and your cement of your house in the slab. Um, you're always going to have to have a strong base foundation to build anything further or they will crumble. Um, the pillars kind of that start holding up the roof and the walls that come in and all those kind of things come into the different systems you have, the standards. Um, we've got this new beautiful ISO 45001 standard um, that is a, an incredible system uh, if you have the right guidance and you understand it correctly. Um, and it is something that can continually improve as we go forward, which is a really big deal now as we're ever changing. You can, you can update these systems to reflect your changes continually. That is the point of them. 
um, I think we're going to see a lot of shift again towards that digitizing and the robotics. Uh, the I think those industries are really going to come um, hit us, and there are very specific robotic safety um, programs and, and rules that are going to have to come into play. But again, I think because COVID really set this bar of mental health, I think that is and safety climate. Um, that is where my my research personally is because I believe um, that's really where safety is headed, um, especially with the generational changes going into the workplace. I think we're going to see a lot around um, establishing um, a healthy work environment. For me personally, that takes into account safety, mental health, quality, productivity. It all comes into play into an integrated system, um, but it really revolves around that, that employee-company relationship. Hey, so one of the things that we do on Thomas, we have about 70,000 different categories across the platform, and we track every week, you know, what's surging and what's in high demand. And some of the things that seem to fit with, with both of your backgrounds have been off the charts for, geez, almost two years at this point. So it's really been about private label food, um, private label bottling and bottling in general, as well as the cannabis industry. So I know that's really three things that seem to not fit together, but they're actually really fitting together at this moment in time. Um, are, are there any things that are changing for safety in the industry from, you know, Michelle, from your platform or Rachel, from your experience that you could speak to? What Yellowbird did is we heard from one of our professionals as an expert in the cannabis industry for over 10 years and is serving on the compliance um, division for the state of Colorado's uh, marijuana enforcement division. Um, she basically said, because it's a new industry, it's the wild, wild west. There's lots of variability, zero focus on quality systems. And so we worked with her to create a protocol that our Yellowbird professionals could go in across the nation, understanding local requirements, because again, all of this is mandated both state and locally, um, municipalities around their um, both uh, quality systems, but also food um, kind of grade requirements, and go in and essentially to educate their workers on why quality is important in this space, but then also perform a mock recall exercise. Um, because recalls is something new in this space and you need to be able to ensure that you can recall all the product um, and do so safely. And then obviously by going in and doing a mock recall, we're getting insight into, do they further help needed on the environmental side around emissions and things that they're letting off from their manufacturing and or in their safety space. So we love it because again, it may be one of these where we get in initially with a mock recall protocol, but it leads to three to five more gigs in that space. And being such a young industry, it, it definitely needs a lot of help here. And Rachel, from your side, are, are you seeing any types of new developments or requests that you're, you're hearing from companies to help with this? So this is a really big topic um, that I could we could do a whole nother podcast on. Um, but um, a couple of things that come to mind immediately when we when we bring CBD into it. And the first one is we have to remember that at the end of the day, if you are still manufacturing, you are still required to follow OSHA guidelines, period. Right. And so we you have to still have the programs and all of the other stuff. It doesn't matter that you're a new company or that this is a whole new game or a new product. It is still under the same guidelines. So you have to have that baseline, that foundation of the house. I still I spoke about earlier. There's one side to that. There is a side to it of employees. Drug testing this is a huge topic right now for um, companies across that are nationwide. That is a huge topic right now. And there are very specific ways um, to go 
about it appropriately um, and, and, and reconsider um, what our current drug test protocols are now. Are now. The other side of this um, is the product liability. Uh, you really, this is a great um, example of why safety should not be siloed into its own category, but tied in to quality and thus productivity. It should be an integrated system because the quality and the safety are going to go hand in hand when that product goes out the door. What your labeling is going to look like, um, the legality and the liability behind your labeling, I highly recommend to anyone in CBD world to make sure you have an expert uh, on product liability and product labeling uh, review what you think is going to market and what it says. Um, and, and I think so that's, that's a huge segue into why I am all for those integrated systems, um, but it is especially important for CBD industry. Hey, I appreciate you joining us. As we wrap up today, let me ask you one question that we like to ask everyone that comes and joins us on the show. Uh, what are the three habits that you rely on to keep you highly productive? You're both extremely successful. So share with our listeners here uh, the three things that get you through the day and keep you organized and pushing forward. Um, so for me, it's really about focus. Uh, so I, I always have like a to-do list, but it's really thinking through what are the top one or two things that I must get done this week. Um, to move the ball ahead because there's always the tyranny of the urgent. I think the second thing is then um, keeping a pulse with my team on what do they need from me? Is there anything I can do to help make their job more you know, frictionless and go smoothly? And then lastly, it's the facing outside the, what are our customers up to? I just love to hear you know, what's going on with our customers and where could we be of assistance to them? Cool, Rachel. Um, so just overall habits is uh, I always have my cup of coffee in the morning. <laughs> um, but for me, the three biggest things are going to be building my the client um, and the customer relationship. Uh, I am um, kind of a Southern girl at heart. And so um, building the relationship where you feel like you've known me for years versus the five minutes we meet and that you trust me is a huge component um, of, of really establishing a strong relationship um, when it comes to safety because you're really entrusting the care of your employees to somebody. Um, I think another one is for me that I am just now working on very strongly um, just because I do think we have kind of a rat race in this world um, is, is a meditation type side um, and a a grounding, being aware, being thankful for what we have on this journey. Um, I think the journey is super exciting. And so those of us who are very ambitious, we tend to always focus on what we want ahead. And if this will just happen, then it'll be awesome. Um, but we forget to enjoy the fact, the success that we are here and we are now. And um, there is some real beauty to the journey that we are on um, as we get to witness, um, you know, this ever-changing culture. Um, and then finally, as always, go to sleep um, or learn something every day. I am, I, I absorb something. I want to learn something. I want to read something different every day um, that will constantly um, keep my brain turning. Love it. Be a continuous student. Thank you much for joining us today, folks. Um, hope to have you on again in the future. Thank you. Thanks so much.